Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. Today we have Steve Falconer of the Space Busters channel. Steve Falconer is such a good dude. His documentaries, along with his partner, uh, Ross, have been just crushing the meta narrative about everything from uh, electricity to how air travel works to uh, Corona and Corona Light, all of it. And uh, the reason why I like him is because he's had, he kind of reminds me of one of my first mentors who was in the insurance world. Um, <laughs> when you learn about what insurance, like who actually runs the insurance companies and how the insurance kind of runs the banks, it, it, you kind of get like an overview of the uh, majority of the scams that we've been led to believe through Prussian schooling. So enjoy this podcast with Steve. Go check out the Space Busting channel on BitChute. They're, they have one also on YouTube, but the one on BitChute, nothing has been uh, deleted or taken from. So you, their opus, <laughs> all their documentaries on there are just uh, awesome. And now he's been doing interviews with Tom Cowan and other people that are really well, really well made. So thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like the podcast, please share it I, on whatever platform. If you're listening to on Spot, Spotify or Podbean, uh, send me some comments and, um, you know, I guess thumbs up whatever you whenever you can. And that helps with everything. So I appreciate your support and I'll see you on the other side. Falconer, welcome to the BioCharisma podcast. How are you doing today? I'm brilliant, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting. My pleasure. We were just talking uh, before I hit the record button about essentially the Space Busters channel, how you guys just blew so many of the psyops wide open. And my exposure to some people that were kind of spouting this stuff a while back the way you guys actually came on the scene and were so methodical with your videos, I have to commend you. It, 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 it's still some of the best content. I've gone through a few of your videos as of late. They're a few years old. They all age like fine wine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the, onto the podcast. Yeah, thanks. And there's another Space Busters. It's my best friend, Ross. It was actually his channel. I used to write for Truth Serum News. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the website's still up. The other girl who, uh, unfortunately, she died, the girl who, who who ran the thing with me, and she was keeping the payments up. So I don't know how long the, the website's going to be up. Mm -hmm. And then Ross actually started Space Busters. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, oh, that's a good platform. You know, I could make films. I could do that. Right. So I kind of got in later. And then, you know, when all the COVID nonsense happened, I started making medical films because of my old background and you know, I have known for a long time there weren't viruses and germs don't hurt you for, you know, years and years. So um, we just sort of really started taking off after that. Some of those movies hit some nerves and yeah, they, they just became really popular. I think because I try to explain things 
very simply, you know, so I think like, would a 10 year old understand this? Right. Because all my doctor friends, they try to simplify it. Tom Collins is very good at it, but yes. some of the other ones, you know, you, they think they're talking simple and it's still not simple enough. No. So I, I try to explain it like I'm talking to a 10 year old or an old grandma and, you know, over, over explain it, probably the Virgo in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I'm the balance to you. Cause I'm the Pisces. I'm on the other side of the, of the sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Well, I have to tell you, um, you know, you getting into really exposing this stuff was beautiful for me in the sense that I'm more of like an off grid type person. And I try and bring people to like an alternative view of how to live off grid, how to domestead, how to reduce their energy inputs and live and live a very rich, wealthy, I call it a wealthy life with uh, sort of over unity concepts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and um, some of your videos, like the video that you guys did exposing the the fraud of the electrical grid system. All all the people I studied in scalar physics, whether it was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tom Bearden, uh, John Bedini, they all had spoken about the 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 fraud <laughs> that the the uh, uh, the um, I guess you'd say the wired system is. And uh, you guys were like the first people to put together a systematic video about that that actually wasn't like, you know, just spitting brimstone and fire. It was, it, it made so much sense. And then um, also getting into the jet fuel hoax. <laughs> like, yeah, <to> me, that... <laughs> I mean, if, if anything, I just want to pay Victor Schauberger the homage he deserves because I look at the side of these jet engines. Now I fly a lot. And so I'm always in airports and I always have time to kill. And when you look at the cross section of a jet engine, it's just sort of a truncated egg. And I'm just like, Victor Schauberger, they stole your stuff. But <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I know you I, I believe they did, too. And I, you know, you can see the wings are offset in the front of the jet, which is ridiculous. If you had fuel in a wing, you wouldn't have a jet burning underneath it. Exactly. You also wouldn't No electrician would run electrical wiring through a gassed up wing to do the flaps in the engine. You're just asking for an explosion. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and when you see the hydraulics, hydraulics takes take space. Yeah. Like anybody that doesn't know what a hydraulic, all you have to do is like, you know, get a seat about 17, row 17 through 21 and watch the wing. The flaps have hydraulics. The hydraulics are fit in that space where they say the fuel is. And yeah, you can see, you can see it from the, the seats behind the wing. Like you say, you can see right into the wing when the flaps open up. You can exactly. see in there. Yes. You know. There might be small gas pools in there, like carburetors and things like that, but there's there's not fuel in the wing. And like we looked at the blueprints for the A380, they say the fuel's down in the bottom of the airplane. They don't say it's in the wings at all. Mm -mm. So there's a lot of people who attack us, and we're saying like, but they say it themselves. They even did a video saying they're they're taking in air in the front and compressing it and shooting out the back. <laughs> now we think they're also using nitrogen implosion and uh, maybe levitation techniques yes. with frequency. 
Um, we think they're doing some other stuff. In fact, I was <clears throat> just talking to Mike Wilkerson today, Stellium 7. I see yes. we're common friends. <clears throat> I saw a TV show on Discovery Channel like 20 years ago, Air Crash Investigation. This Airbus A380, all the power just went out. Mm -hmm. They were like above some ocean, had a total electrical failure. And then this little propeller comes up to give them just enough electricity to run the cockpit instruments, and that's it. This plane somehow flew for, an, I think, an hour and a half. So mm -hmm. they found a small island with a runway. They had a crash landing because the runway was too short, so they they couldn't stop in time. They they lived. But I, I didn't think back then, like, how did a 50-ton airplane with gas, people, luggage, mm -hmm. stay afloat for an hour or an hour and a half? <laughs> you know, It should have sunk like a rock as soon as the electrics it, went out yeah and they're not built like gliders this is what i try and tell people like uh, i won a national well it wasn't national in the state of florida i won a, a science fair project in fourth grade because i made a paper airplane that could fly three soccer fields so about wow. 300, 300 yards and i bought this kit from wings i think you can still get the wings kits and my hypothesis was the more surface area the wing had the further the the airplane would glide right and there was a very specific ratio of the surface area of the wing to the fuselage of the actual little airplane that i was making and the hypothesis was correct my dad and i we built 12 of these and we flew them and we we like we measure this this is back in the 80s right <laughs> so everything was like you know polaroid camera you know walking it off and everything like that and it was like so when i try and explain to people that you have an a380 or a 747 or my favorite is to fly is the 777 the 777 has these two massive engines and two wings and then it has the wings at the back of the fuselage dude the surface area ratio of those wings relative to the fuselage for it to glide like you the the scenario yeah. that, up, that would not happen they're not built like gliders so if they're like i've seen the a380 in the testing it there's video of them they they're like hovering yeah you know, my my dad, excuse me, my grandfather, my uncle, my other grandfather, they were all Cessna pilots. And for a little Cessna, twin engine Cessna, you have to have a certain amount of speed given the size of the of the plane relative to to its displacement for it to even get lift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know, and <laughs> Now, if you have Victor Gerbenikoff and Schauberger technology, yes, you could have levitation air pockets with the vibration like the bumblebees. Right. You also have a vortex. So once they do have that jet going, maybe 600 miles an hour, then the vortex starts and it's right. got enough impelling where it can keep going. Um, and that's where a lot of people got down on our films about that. We're not saying they don't use film to take off or um, fuel to take off and land. We're not right. saying the whole thing runs on secret tech. Mm -hmm. We're saying, yeah, they obviously they fill it up, but once they're in cruise mode, they don't need that. We 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 don't think they're they're running on fuel like a jet or a Cessna. And yeah, if the reason you don't fill a glider full of rocks is it won't glide anymore. <laughs> it's a shelled out piece of aluminum with a guy, a light guy sitting in it. You know, 
So, yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, to each their own, like, it, it's just a theory, but we, we think that's what's going on. We think there's tech we're not being told about. Well, Same have- with the Ethernet. It all fits what you're sharing. Like if I was going to take your entire, you know, catalog of work and make it an opus, it really is Space Busters. Like if you were to take the meta, the meta narrative and the meta narrative is that we're in space, we're hurling at, you know, thousands, all the BS, right? And then you bust that. No, 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 that's not true. It's like, you know, science, give me one miracle. <laughs> yeah. So, so you guys just have systematically kind of worked your way from the, the most meta perspective and worked your way in towards now you're at the most micro level. And to me, that's the way they've bracketed us. Those are the two bookends is the, the meta narrative and the micro narrative. And they're so uncreative because if you look at it, both sides of it are billiard balls one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can see when you start looking into Tartaria and the mud floods and the reset and just looking at films from the 1800s, it's obvious that these people were advanced. They were talking about wireless cell phones in the 30s. They had ground wireless telephones going through the ground in the 20s. They had electric cars they claimed could go a thousand miles on one charge in the 1890s. So you can see they had the blimps flying everywhere, right? Like the clean air travel, quiet. Mm -hmm. And then systematically throughout the last century, it just got worse and worse and worse. And and they were charging us for electricity and energy. And so it's pretty obvious when you bust one of them that you start looking at all the sciences and say they've been lying to us systematically for 150 years trying to dumb us down so that we don't have the technology we used to or definitely where we should be yeah we have our mobile phone that's great technology and we're talking on skype that's great technology but but they had this already going in the 30s. They had a version of Skype in the 30s already over a television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it you know, think you just got to think like how much better would our stuff even be now had we had that not been hidden from us. Now, and what that's you, what, what you, I love what you're doing. You know, you're you, saying, hey, man, I'm going off grid. I'm, I, there's plenty of electricity around. There's the ether, the wind, the air, the sun. There's all there's magnetic motors. You know, you've got rocket stoves, so now you've got heat that can take hot water and gas and start raising that. You know, you've now you've got circulation. So I like what people like yourself are doing. You're saying, well, the we know the cat's out of the bag. So if the rest of you suckers want to pay for electricity and all that, you go ahead. But we're going to go over here and do something else. I, I love what you're doing. Yeah, I think I think it's been long enough. I think there is a what's it called when you have a certain amount of time when something occurred to when you can be like uh, like uh, somebody can come after you for it. What is that called? Statue of limitations. Yeah. (laughs) In like 2006, I saw when on Google video and this is like after watching the Aaron Russo stuff. And um, one of my first mentors, he was an insurance guy like you. I think you I think you've been in insurance, correct? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, health insurance, yeah. Yeah, he started gap insurance for cars. So, he was mega wealthy because from the time a car gets off of a, a off of a boat and then gets to the dealership, he was the guy that insured all the cars for that little 
that little space. Buku bucks, buku bucks. And he was always telling me, man, banks underwrite it all. Like banks are the securitizers of all the debt in the world. And so I'd had this in in my head in the 20s. And he and I always thought he was so pessimistic. But now looking back at it, he was actually he was giving me the keys of the kingdom. And he was like, it's all of it is a scam. The electricity, the fuel, it's all a scam. It's all a hustle. And um, so I'm watching Google video, Google video, and this dude takes a uh, old school meter, and he essentially reverses the connections on the meter. A load goes on in his house, the meter starts to spin backwards, but he's not connected to the mains. And he's powering his house. And I was like, and then I'm I'm studying Tom Bearden and I'm studying John Bedini. And these guys are like, well, wait a minute. These large conductors, they have this scalar field around them. And the second that there's a load, the, the field collapses and then the energy will drop down as long as there's a gauging or a uh, oscillator that will gauge the, the difference between the load and the collapsing field. And I'm like... So what did we go to? <laughs> we went to all these houses that were bust in my old neighborhood in Florida and we took their meters. And then when we yeah. went to Costa Rica, we hooked them up to see if it worked. And dude, it worked. And that's why I think they went to the smart meters because the smart meters didn't do that. You know, right. you, you can't gate, you you can't reverse the anything on a smart meter. Right. So and people just, were catching on and they thought, shit, what are we going to do if they all figured this out? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Google video had some gems, man. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. YouTube takes that stuff down now. But you, I think in America, I think you can still get a real meter. You got to, it goes, it's a lot of hounding them and everything, but they will put a real one on there. Yeah. Um, but you just got to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop, you know? So yeah, it's all a scam too. Even, you know, when you look at the, there's a great book here called give yourself credit. Money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. And this talks all about value for credit. You know, the HGR 192 in 1933 with Roosevelt, the U S government finally went bankrupt as a corporation to mm -hmm. the bankers. So they pledged all the people of the United States as the, their labor as the credit toward the bankruptcy toward the bank bankers, but they took the gold and silver away. So they had no way you could pay back a, de a debt because there was no real money. It was all fiat currency. Mm -hmm. So if I owe you $50 and I pay you 50 of an IOU, you now owe someone a hundred dollars. I didn't pay you anything. I passed you a 50 debt note. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so they wouldn't all go to jail. They had to make this resolution where we're all the creditors for the bankrupt government. So when you get a bill from the electric company, you're just paying it with money, not knowing you can write a certain thing on the front and the back, sign it in blue ink, turn it over and endorse it and turn that bill into a credit discharge into money. Yes. And you can do that with a mortgage. You can buy a house, car, whatever. Any Someone sends you a bill in your all caps name. If you do it correctly, you can print your own money. Mm -hmm. That bill is money. It's just like an old checkbook. A check's just a piece of paper with a number on it till you sign it. Mm -hmm. But instead of coming out of your bank, it doesn't have to. You can turn it over and endorse it to the CEO, write down your social security. There's a way to do it, this book explains. 
send it off and you don't owe anyone any money. So people are millionaires, filthy, maybe billionaires. And we don't know it. They don't. That's another one. They don't tell us. Yeah, I think that the, the average American is worth something like eight point six million dollars before they've ever done anything to produce anything. Yeah. Just because of what you're saying, that exact yeah. as, as the collateral, as, as the the collateral, how would you say it? The creditor. We're the creditors. Yes. We're the creditors. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to be the CEO of your little straw man. You you want to be the board of directors. You want to, you, you know, if a company's jumping poison into the river, the shareholders don't go to jail. The the CEO does. Right. So that's what you want to be. You want to be the shareholders, the creditor of your straw man. You don't want to be the president because mm -hmm. anytime that that thing is in trouble, you'll get you. It's you who's in trouble. You yes. want to say, no, no, I'm not in trouble, but I'll pay for it. If you want me to pay a, a debt off of it, yeah, I'll, I'll discharge the credit because mm -hmm. you are, yeah, it's just credit. You're worth, I think it's a lot more than $8 million. I've heard figures up into closer to the billion each. Well, I'm saying when, you, when, when you're born. Before, like, just born, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before, before you have the value of time. As I yeah. say, the value of equity of time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's, I'm, I'm. I'm a weird cat because I love to talk to people about consciousness. So you brought up that we had this point over a hundred years ago where essentially we we had a parasite class that flipped the script. And now people believe in scarcity. Scarcity isn't real. It's engineered. People see themselves as debtors instead of creditors. Could you give a, a brief rundown of the timeline and then also like if there was like something supernatural from a consciousness perspective that 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 caused this shift, this this downgrade? Like what, what do you think occurred? I mean, I really don't know, but there are a lot of theories out there. Something happened in 1902 and 1903 that is being called a reset. There was a lot of disasters. Uh there's a lot of weird things in history that happened right then. It's like this society just totally flipped like that. Mm -hmm. And that's when these parasites come back on top. I think 1903, I think all of the Fortune 500 companies today came out in 1903. So right after this reset, they're all there. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the newspapers don't use etching anymore. They start using real photographs. It's almost like... There's a theory out there that they thought that was going to be the big one. They thought 1902 was going to be the big reset. Mm -hmm. They had all this stuff waiting underground in case it was a total wipeout. And then they were going to release it for the new society. Right. And it wasn't a total wipeout. It was a partial wipeout in certain places. Mm -hmm. But they already had it ready to go. So it's like they just rolled it out anyway. Then you get this weird stuff with the World Fairs all coming out right before and after kind of programming everyone what the new consciousness is going to be in the new ideology. Mm -hmm. um, then you get them later, you know, crashing the Hindenburg on purpose and, you know, all kind, they're doing all kinds of stuff to take out the old infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll see in wars, they're always bombing these old buildings that people call Tartarian for lack of a better word. Right. Um, there's fires breaking out in every major city all the time, mm -hmm. burning them down. So, to me, it looks like a massive fire sale where they were trying to destroy all evidence of our past so that they could control us. I, I don't think they're new. I think these are the same families that go back. You could probably trace them back thousands of years. 
to mm-hmm. other dynasties in other parts of the world. So, and you can definitely trace this back to the Jesuits in the late 1500s for sure. Mm-hmm. They're the main driving force behind this. But that doesn't mean that they don't come from families that were doing this before. Right. I think right. they've been running this scam on humanity probably for as long as we have recorded history. You know, I I, I think they've they've known how to do this for a while. Now, why did we all fall for it? Well, I think a lot of that comes with the change in the education system because it's right around the turn of the century. Our schools turn into these Prussian models yes. where they're, you know, industrial revolution. They're trying to turn out a dumb worker like George Carlin said, who's smart enough to run the machines, but too dumb to ask questions about what's going on, you know? Um, so I think you can accredit a lot of that to our schooling. How old are you? 47. Yeah, I'm I'm 52 almost. So you, probably when you were in school, like I was, you couldn't get out of the seventh grade. You had to pass the constitution. You had to take the constitution class and study. Yeah. I don't think they even teach it anymore. They don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah. I had to have civics. I had to know all the capitals. I needed to know geography. I needed to know the bill of rights. Yeah. Um, and every week, like every week I went to a, a, a higher end prep school. Every week we had to do a full book report. So in, in in the seventh and eighth grade, I was reading a book a week. Yeah. Yeah, us too. And our reading material in high school was Animal Farm, 1984, mm-hmm. Alas Babylon, Brave New I, World. I, I think those books are banned in school libraries in America right now. I don't think they're even in the library. So you can see they've been systematically dumbing everyone down and removing knowledge that would take them out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I get it. That's, that's what you do when you're a ruling class <laughs> parasite. Yeah. You get rid of everything the host would need to fight you and, and remove you. You know, I get it. Um, but to me, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. That the education system and the wars really had a lot to do with that. You'll notice too, there's always a war, then a depression, then a war, then a depression, and then a new release, and then a booming times, you know, mm-hmm. these cycles keep going. I think probably we're going to see a war soon because we know the depression's coming again. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a financial crash pretty soon, mm-hmm. which means there's always a big world war after that. And they love that. That's how that's part of their restructuring and depopulation. So I think what's good is people doing what you guys are doing and us. We got a farm out on an island away from everybody. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, these crazies keep doing this over and over and over again. So I think if you have the means when they're talking to you about going out into 15 minute cities and being locked into these smart cities, they're talking and talking about it. If you have the means to not be in one of those you really, really, really need to start not being in one of those, I, I think, you know. If you can't do that, it's okay. But now you really need to start talking to your neighbors, getting networks together, saying, all right, well, I'm not going to go on, you know, once they do polycybergon and, oh, there's going to be hackers, the Russians are hacking the internet and you can't get on without biometrics, you know. So you're going to need someone in your community who will be the, the mule who will go online for you all, you know, if you need to get your crypto or whatever you're doing, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. maybe they won't let you in the store without your biometrics, but you're going to need one mule in the community who will do your shopping for you. If you can't get in yeah. and maybe you'll make them dinner or do some work for them. You know, I, I see actually like a, 
a, a semi barter system coming back in. What do you think of that? I think there's going to, we're going to see a lot more. Well, that's, community why, that's why we moved to Missouri. We, we're in a community that probably has, like I call it like the urban Amish. We essentially have, I would say within our peer group, we probably have about two dozen families that have at least, you know, between 10 to 40 acres. And everyone has tons of kids. Like my wife and I are are lagging way behind. But I would say that <laughs> I would say the average family size is a three and a half kids, you know? And right. Um, and the thing is, is the majority of the men, we all have construction backgrounds. Like we were contractors all over the world, and we all kind of converged on this area because the land fit all of like the 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 clint stone model of like you have great water you have easy ingress and egress you're not near any big cities tons of wildlife if if things were to get really nasty you could always like hunt deer or rabbit or whatever um we just went ahead and did like the 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 reverse permaculture model we started with zone six and worked our way to zone zero (laughs) yeah and this area we just have tons of capable men that are we're all on the ready and we all help each other each week like there's always somebody that needs help somewhere and the wives you know are are more in the traditional roles like we don't i don't think within our peer group we have one uh wife that is like works like none of the wives work they're they're yeah they're all taking care of the kids right and yeah. so it's it's this really like it's a return to like you know pre nineteen ten United States, <laughs> you know like the man yeah. is out there like you know facing the world and doing all that. The woman takes care of the homestead, and then yeah. you have the convergence now with communication where we can all share our ideas and expedite processes. And that's what's different now because your women have a choice. They're, they're not staying home because they're they're made to. You know, they could go right. out and get a job if they want. But pre nineteen hundreds, they 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 didn't have a choice. Right. So there was a lot of abuse going on and things. Now the women have a choice to say, "No, I want to do this. I could do that if I want, and I can if I still want to." And now it's agreed that they're a part of of the decision in the house, you know. So what you guys are building is actually better than pre nineteen hundreds. Yeah, because I'm, you know it's it's a lot of fun because the millennial the millennial to Zoomer women they all see the fraud of corporate America. Like none of them look at corporate America and have like the raw raw. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be a lifer for this corporation and it's going to take care of me like they all see it like there's no stars in their eyes whatsoever. Yeah, that's that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it took a few generations to see through that scam. I mean, it was, you know, as you said with Aaron Russo, he said it was a ploy just to get women in the work market to tax them and also not raising the kids so they could get our kids into school earlier and start brainwashing them. And and look how that's going now. You know, half of them don't know what sex they are. They're, they're, I mean, they're teaching them pornography at age five. I mean, it's just disgusting. So, yeah. um, so 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's actually good that it, it it did liberate women because our societies were pretty disgusting toward them up until about the 60s. But now that they're liberated, they have rights, they're free, and they figured out it's a scam. Mm -hmm. I always used to say that, too. I'm like, why are you complaining? You're off grid. You're off the system. Like, mm -hmm. I, I would I'd love to be a house dad and I'd be yeah. off the system. Totally. I don't want to go to work either, you know, <laughs> so. Um, so I think it's cool what you guys are doing. And I think more people are going to need to do that. I know there's a lot of fear because people are like, well, they're going to come out to our land with machine guns and take it away from us. Agenda 21 won't let you out there. And I'm saying not unless you have some minerals underneath your land that they want. What they'll do is they'll let your infrastructure crumble. They'll let the roads crumble and won't take care of it mm -hmm. so that you'll have to be totally self-sufficient. But if you read, like, if you remember the Brave New World, they used to go out on vacation to the wild men that the, the the people in the smart cities would go see how the wild men lived, which is what you guys are. You're the wild yeah. men. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. living like, and I can see in the background, you don't look too wild. It looks pretty civilized around there. Well, this is my, this is my house that we're going to renovate in Missouri. Um, we, we just moved back from Costa Rica. I was down in Costa Rica since the end of 06. And so, that I used to tell people all the time, like when they were moving to our region of Costa Rica, I'm like this is the United States 60 years ago. Like this is like rural and quaint. Like we we were up in the mountains in the cloud forest and it was wet, wet. The electricity went out every day. Uh, we had no it, like the 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 cell phone. You only had cell phone Internet, but it was like one G. So all, <laughs> all the media that I consumed was all audio podcasts. That's why I got into podcasting was literally that was my lifeline to the world was I only had an audio podcast that I could listen to because my I literally had like zero capacity to pull in information. But it was brilliant because that allowed me time to like apply myself to my natural environment. And so I got into systems that were essentially what people are going to have to get get used to in the very near future. Like I was used to my power going out daily and I was like, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to have my perfect cup of coffee every day. <laughs> so I started getting <laughs> into rocket mass heaters and rocket stoves just because it was so easy to light an easy fire and have water boiling. I got my first Kelly kettle like 13 years ago and you can boil a liter of water in two minutes. And then I was like, oh, wow, well, you know, I have all this excess heat that makes steam. And then I started testing like uh, Tesla turbines, like the, the old school disc Tesla turbines. And um, I was like, oh, my God, this this is so much more efficient. This is more efficient than Pelton wheels. And then my friends were installing uh, Pelton wheel based micro hydros on, the, on their farms. And I was seeing the faults of the micro hydro systems and the faults of the solar, the, the solar arrays that we were putting up and like the utter sham that the current battery market is. And so. Yeah. There is all these different things where it was sort of like the the cloud forest of of Central America taught me not there is no support from out there. The only support you have is your ingenuity and your work ethic. <laughs> yeah. And uh 
I think it's worked out great because like I'm not I'm not fearful of whatever may come just because it's just like, hey, been there, done that. Yeah, and that's the whole point of all this is the more you put action into doing that kind of stuff and learning what you're learning, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like you said, you know you're fine if the shit hits the fan. It won't for you. Mm-hmm. If you can make food and electricity and you've got a fresh water supply and you've got a community like you guys have around you, it's great, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that and don't put time into doing that or effort, you can even do that if you're locked in a 15-minute city. You can get together with 20 people and say, right, we're going to start gardening on the roof up here with gardening communities and we'll start food sharing and cropping and screw them. We're going to put it, we'll, we'll garden in that field over there if we have to like, right. You know, the park um, and in the lawn. So even people who want to stay locked in the city, there's ways they can do it to still get a little bit away from that system. You know, Mm -hmm. I think if you're in fear, it's a good thing because, It's never good to be in fear, but if you're afraid that you're useless, it's a good sign that you're useless and you need to turn off Netflix and start learning how to do useful things. You know, they want to get rid of the useless eaters, not the useful ones. Yeah. So make sure you're useful. So in a way, in a weird way, if you want to talk consciousness and zoom out, as terrible as what they have planned for us is. It's a real opportunity for human beings to become useful to each other again, because getting a degree, you know, and, uh, you know, bachelor of women's, what, you know, what are these liberal <laughs> arts degrees? I don't even know what they're called, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then being a teller at a bank, that's not doing anyone any favors. You know, you, you're wasting your life. So to me, this is saying, all right, you can either be a waste and sit with your VR glasses on like ready player one, you know, or, you can do something great again. So I, I look at this as a great opportunity. I, I see no fear. Yeah, I don't either. And the fun thing for me is I'm meeting so many young, young people that don't have social media accounts. You know, literally I'll say, hey, what's your what's your Instagram? What's your what's your telegram? They're like, I don't have that. Yeah. And I'm great. like, what? I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool. <laughs> And so many, so so many of them have opted out of that world and they do jobs where they're like, they're using their hands. Like I can see, I can see that the shift has been over the last, from the last three generations of service orientation. Now it's getting back to the more chiral way of life. You know, Stellium seven and I, we talk about that. It's just like, you know, the men are starting to use their hands again. And once yeah. that happens, you, you get enough people using their hands, the life gets really good, really quick. Especially in America, you know, because a lot of these kids did come out of these colleges with $200,000 of debt and they're, they're useless. And then, you know, someone who went to like DeVry technology, they went for two years, it cost them 50 grand. And now they're making 80 grand a year, their first year out, and they're already yeah. paying off their school debt in four years. And and they're 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 rolling in it and they're they're great you know so, um, but then over in socialist countries like where I'm at, your school is free. It's not free because you'll end up paying it back in taxes triple for the rest of your life. But they loan it to you up front and pay you to go to school. So these people are gonna I think go more into the system because 
they already are in it. You know, I'm already in the new world order in Denmark. It's been like that for 30, 40 years. So mm -hmm. it, it's not very hard to switch them into it. They're, they're in it already. But yeah, the other places, because they have been saying like, they want technology. They, they, they want technology to replace most 60% of jobs in the West by 2025 and 80% in developing worlds. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, when they look at all of us as work cattle, and they want to replace 60 to 80% of us with robots. Well, let's then eat. what are they going to do? What are they going to do with the rest of you? Let so me, what you need to do is something that robots can't do, right? Robots aren't going to be hauling drywall up steps, reaching under a sink like a plumber going, I can't find that pipe because it's wedged around. You know how dodgy plumbing is. <laughs> yeah. You need a dude or a woman. You need a human to do that. Right. You know I mean, I, I'm of the opinion. I mean, back in the 90s, I had an internship with American Express when I was in high school and then with the accident fund insurance company. So 93 and 96. And in both of those instances, I was shown by the VP that was above me that the majority of the people were obsoleted. Yeah. And that was in the mid 90s. Yeah. I was so pissed when I was working for American Express because I learned Excel and I was like charting everybody's efficiency and I worked so hard and I made this big project and I handed it in to my VP. She looks at it <laughs> all like 15 seconds and says, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, I'm aghast because she just disregarded all this work I put out. Like, you've been working all week on this <laughs> no three weeks i put three weeks into this and it, yeah. and it was my last day because it was an internship I, I won this internship it was so prestigious <laughs> and she just gave me this morsel at lunch she's just like we know that the the cbu unit the credit bureau unit is worthless during the day because people don't answer their home phone during the day they're at work and so I was, I was like, well, why are, why is everybody working then during the day? And she's like, it's a tax credit for the corporation. For every person we hire, we get that percentage off of our corporate taxes. Right. And I was just like, to keep them with a job, man. <laughs> I was just like, you know, as a 17 year old, I was just like, you know, I was still raw, raw, Team America, like all the things. And to have <laughs> yeah. that, like, yeah. You know, you remember how like elitist they tried to make the American Express card back in the day, like black, oh, yeah. black, all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, these people are worthless. And yeah. she's like, and she was so nonchalant about it. She yeah. could, and she could give a shit because her husband was like the president of Gap. You know, right. so, like to her, none of this even matters. She was probably just a socialite that got put in that position and whatever. Yeah, he probably got her the gig with all their buddies at the golf club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. And I was just like, oh my God, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's yeah. what it's what scenario people are put in if if you're into prestige, like if you're into the the uh, I guess you would say the model that was being presented in the in the 70s and 80s and 90s of like what a uh, successful person is. But man, I was just like and then I went to go work for an accident fund because I was a college athlete and I got this sweet 
job with the accident fund. They were the largest, um, what is it called? Workman comp insurance company. And they were based out of Michigan, out of Lansing, Michigan, the ca capital of Michigan. And I went to Michigan state. So I'm working for them in the sweet s summer gig, but it's so boring. And I'm like, why don't, why don't we have computers? Like I was like looking around my whole floor and I was like, what's the deal? Like, <laughs> they were using like these, like just ancient dinosaur, like, you know, word processors and stuff. And once again, by the end of my internship, my boss revealed to me, yeah, there, this is just, this is just our, our, our tax write-off. Right. Yeah. I was, I was seeing my, my, my cohorts. They weren't really my cohorts. Cause I was sort of the special boy because I was a prized intern, but like I, I saw all the people that were working on my floor, how much they hated their job. Yeah, And I think they hated their job because internally they knew they weren't doing anything. That's right. Yeah. Humans need to be doing something. We're not all supposed to be working 40 hours a week or 60 anyway. So, and you can see with AI now, it's going to do that spreadsheet you did in four minutes or maybe a minute. Gone. It's going to answer phones. It's going to make all the phone calls. Telemarketing's gone. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's going to be good. You won't have to get some Indian person in a call center in India when you're trying to ring a phone company. AI is going to be going through the calls like that mm -hmm. um, and probably be more helpful than you get when you call a company these days anyway. But all those jobs are obsolete, you know, and on and on you can go down any corporate America, even sales jobs in the gap are going to be gone you know, retail sales jobs, robots are going to be able to fold clothes and walk around and get you the size nine and hand it to you over the thing and take your money. Like, don't think a robot can't do that stuff. They can. Right. And they will. So when you think that really it's true, 60 to 80% of us sort of have loser jobs that could be done by a technically competent robot or AI. Mm -hmm. If, you know, if you're in a corporation, even more. So that is what you do have to think. You have to say like, okay, what do they want to do with us then? Do they want to kill you? Do they want you stacked in a in the metaverse with your glasses on? You know, they got to do something with you. And considering they call us useless eaters, I would vote, you know, I would suspect the former. I think they'll want to get rid of as many of us as they can and keep it the only the ones they need. So yeah, it's well important to get a skill. Yeah, I mean, looking at your your catalog here on Bitchu, it's obvious. You know, they rolled out the Corona, and I'm not talking about the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They rolled out the crown for that very reason. They knew AI. They knew, like because I'm of the mind. I've seen enough tech put on the market and then pulled off. Yeah, because like, I've always had this like eye for innovation, and um. Oh, Steve, could you hold on one second? Yeah, my, no problem. My, my foreman's calling me. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just hit, hit pause. Right. Just had to manage a little on-site. I do everything remotely for my uh, company down in Costa Rica. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like one of the things that we brought up in the end of COVID series, Michael Bryant talked a lot. A lot of people don't know this, but 
the entire European pension fund went down. It's been bankrupt for years now. Mm -hmm. There is no more pensions for anyone in any country in the EU Union in Europe. They've mm -hmm. all been drained with dodgy hedge funds. I've I've seen figures that at least 40 of the U.S. states are bankrupt, their pensions. Okay. So you can see that was all the remdesivir, midazolam, the, the bad protocol. They were trying to kill the elderly. <laughs> they, they needed to get rid of them because if they don't and they're draining all the pension, that it's going to go bust quicker mm -hmm. and we're all going to find out, you know. So that was a very big part of this operation was the pension problem. There isn't anymore. Right. And that's another reason people need to start doing what you're doing and what we're doing is if you think you're going to turn 65 and get all this money, it's not going to happen. They don't have it. No, it's gone. So they're going to, they're going to want you dead. They're oh, assisted suicide and take one for the team. You know, you can see all these social programs coming in, in different countries. Mm -hmm. Canada's pushing it now. Mark my words. And you know, Alan Watt, the old uh, cutting through the matrix guy, Mm -hmm. Did you used to listen to his podcast? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Scottish guy. He was warning about this back in 2006 when I listened to him, like, watch, they're going to have assisted suicide. They're going to make you work till you're 70, and then you'll be dead by 71, you know? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, within the last three years, I've seen the ads coming out and the propaganda, and I thought, dear God, this guy, he nailed it. You know, this guy nailed it. Yeah. Um, and you will by in five years, it's going to be just like a normal thing to to be asked to off yourself. So, you don't you're not a drain on the pension. It sounds crazy, but it's already happening. You can see it happening. It it, it just makes me go back to in middle school in civics class, like my civics teacher, Mr. Siegel, he was telling us that our generation, we will not have Social Security. And I remember him getting in trouble, like parents were getting mad at him for him telling us that. Yeah. Like he was, he was straight up with us. He's like, there won't be social security, all these, all these federal level types of support systems. They, they were just a, a, a quick bandaid. They're, they're, right. they're, they're not there to actually last. Right. Yeah. And that's why I'd like, again, that book I showed earlier, you really want to get into this for now because you 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 don't need money. You're loaded. <laughs> you right. just don't know you are. Now, as even the author of this book says, you can't go around telling this to everybody because if everyone starts doing this and recalls the the debt now to to us as the creditors, that's the end of that. We crush. We crunch. You know that we take down the whole social structure, the whole government, the whole everything. Now, there's a lot of people who think that's a good idea <laughs> and probably should, you know, but, you know, you're looking at chaos and pandemonium. If you've got you collapse the entire control system of 270 million useless people, you're, you're looking at Mad Max type shit there. And we don't want to see that either. You know, yeah. So not everyone. This knowledge is not for everybody, but it's good knowledge. Now, where we'd be in trouble is this Nesara Gesara stuff. They're talking about, oh, bring back a gold and silver standard. Let us have gold and silver money back money. Well, if they do that, now you can pay debt with a real currency. Mm -hmm. And now everyone who's been signing off against that credit, you could, you could have that called back that you have to pay that back in gold and silver. So I think that might be one of the reasons they're trying to get off that, off that system 
just like you said before, once they all figured out you could do that with your meters, they brought in smart meters. I think they know that once people all start figuring out they're the creditors to the government and can start writing bills into checks, mm-hmm. <laughs> then that's going to crash it too. So maybe they want to switch us to another system because of that. I think Just so. Like I think that's said. the push to everything, people doing everything digitally. They want right. to take the signature, the, 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 the sign of nature. They want to take that out of the equation. Right. Because you can't endorse it without the blue ink. Right. Right. Oh, speaking of batteries, uh, Ross was telling me, you, you were saying how the battery technology sucks. Apparently, the best ones out there are in these 5G towers. And people are now knocking the towers down and stealing all the battery packs out of them because apparently they're amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool to know. I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, have a look into it. Is tell me, like, there's people in England, they're just driving trucks into these 5G towers, knocking them down and then ripping all the battery packs off of them Mm -hmm. because apparently they're like super batteries. Yeah, they're super caps. (laughs) Yeah. They make that. That's like, I mean, just as an aside, this is part of what got me into the over unity world was I knew I was moving to Costa Rica. I knew I was going to do some sort of off grid electrical generation. But the problem always is, is energy, like if you're going to accumulate energy, what do you store it in? Right. So it was like 2006, there was this company out of Austin, Texas that had developed supercapacitors. And it was $1,000 for a one kilowatt supercapacitor, solid state. So, and it it was rated up to uh, 999,000 charge discharge cycles before it lost 1% of its capacity so i was like great put a deposit down for five of them my boy and i because he was he was uh from well he wasn't from austin he had been living in austin we go out there to go i go to go collect the whole company had been bought by lockheed martin really yeah yeah could not get never got my deposit back never got the super caps that whole entire talking about super capacitors disappeared off the scene and so i saw that in real life with a real life company occur and i was like they do this to any technology that's viable yeah absolutely yeah so like having and then learning from Bedini, Bedini was making his batteries. He was essentially making a man-made crystal that was piezoelectric. He would ring the crystal with frequencies like like an oscillation, and that would store up energy in his man-made crystals, and then he would discharge them. And he had learned that from making high-end amplifiers, which I know you as an as a music guy like. Man, if we could get our hands on like an old school Bedini amplifier. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah, we're always looking in the scrapyards too, you know, and we're taking, we're, we're refurbing our house, our farmhouse. Every yes. time we're in the dump, we're looking for old microwaves. We're looking for everything, you know, magnetrons and like, yeah, we're, we're just going to collect as much of this old stuff as we can get. You're right. It's it, the battery's hard to get. And then it's really expensive to get these machines like your solar's coming in at this, your hydro at this and your wind at that, but they're not all on the same voltage and, and amper, right. you know, that damn machine that makes, that lets you come in with three different sources and then regulate it into one. That shit is not cheap. No, 
No. You know, I wish I had the know-how. I don't have the electrical know-how to build something like that. You know, I'd really like to be able to build that kind of stuff. Well, we're in this really sweet spot. There's a there's so much competition in China right now for to get American dollars still. Like there's a company called Solark and they're pretty much the umbrella company for all solar you know, inverters, uh, energy conditioners, all of it. And um, they make a really good product. We use them a lot. And they're they're much more steady than even like the old school Outback inverters and things like that. Um, what were they called? I want to write that down. Solark? Yeah, if you just spell the word solar and put a K yeah. at the end of it. And a K, yeah, Solark, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're out of China. Yeah, they're they're the parent company to almost every every company that's building the lipo batteries that are building all all the stuff that's being pushed on people. They're right. sort of the the generic parent company, sort of right. like okay. what Fuji Heavy is to like Mitsubishi and Subaru and all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, great. That's what they are. Oh, that's good dirt to know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what, you as like a a, a, a red blooded American, what are you doing over in Denmark? What what was your life path to bring you there? Oh, I mean, I've I've been here since 1998. I was playing in a band. I came over to play music with a band. It was a long story. And then I was married for uh, 16 years mm-hmm. and used to live in London. Then we went around the world and came back. And I had to have a son here as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I got my life going here. I became a teacher 11 years ago and. Mm-hmm. They've been gigging and touring. Like I'm, I live a great life. So I yes. just never wanted to go back. And I was like you, when I left America, I was rah, rah, USA, you know, team America. But <clears throat> once I got over here and especially to- uh, traveling the world for a year, backpacking around the world, um, I, I really, I just, my eyes were open to a completely different <laughs> reality than I grew up believing in, you know? And I believe America was definitely the freest country out there coming up to the, you know, to the fifties and sixties, seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, like you and I, I think we had the last of the good ride in the eighties and nineties. That was about the last of the, uh, of the good old boy times there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, as I've been here, I've just been seeing it slowly collapse, especially in all the democratic, you know, states and all that. So um, it's been kind of sad to just watch it go down the toilet, but I, I've known that was coming since 2006. You know, I was like, oh, and of course, you know, the elites have their eye on the prize, which is USA. That's the one you want. That's the one you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the one. Right? I mean, it's the richest country in the world per capita with all even poor people in America aren't really that poor, no. you know, outside of the ghettos. I'm talking about like the lower class and middle class. They still the lower class have bigger homes than all of the middle class are living in apartments here in Denmark. You know, poor people have a bigger house in America than my pretty nice apartment here. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I I would never go back there to live, but um, you know, I, I do root for, I I root for the States. I don't want to see them go down. You know, I, if, if the shit hits the fan, I want to see all the Patriots kick up and, and give a good ass whooping back and win. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah, it's it's definitely been marked for for demolition. Mm. 
I really think 9-11 was like the, the first calling card of like the real tech that's available, you know, not, not the fake nukes. And um, that type of technology where it was just like, okay, we're going to dustify these buildings. Yeah. The, the, the two towers, the Yakim and Boaz go down and then we are right. one tower. The one in broad thing. daylight at 8 40 in the morning, too. They're oh not my goodness. Good at night. Yeah. And they drew in the tech on TV real time. They drew the planes in, and there's that footage going around, you know, or the, the masking plane they put in. There's a building in the background way behind the World Trade Center, and the plane's wing goes behind that building. <laughs> oh, I haven't plane, seen that. Have you not seen? You know, yeah. the footage we all see, it's the close up where the, the towers and the, the plane comes in and hits it right on the side. Yeah. Well, if you look, there's a building that's like 500 is 800 feet behind the World Trade Centers. Uh -huh. And the, the plane masking made a mistake. So as it comes in, it's it's far wing goes behind the roof of a building that's 800 feet away or more, way more from the other tower. It's nowhere near this plane. But it, they had a digital masking problem. So the computer ah. made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Instead of drawing the wing in front of that building perspective wise, it drew it behind the building way blocks and blocks away. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't hearing the word masking. I, I, I didn't Yeah. Know. So they drew the planes in there. They're, they drew those planes in that we saw hitting. They, they yes. drew them in with computers, uh -huh. but the computer screwed up and made the wing go behind a building. That's not even anywhere near there. <laughs> that's a big plane. Yeah, it's a big one. Now there, I would believe you, that could fit all the jet fuel in the wing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if the wing was five blocks long. <laughs> that, yeah, so I, I feel like the United States, I mean, to me, 9-11 was awesome. And so was the Corona because it just is a way of like, you know, if somebody throws a haymaker at you and you have the capacity to like, you know, dodge it you kind of know they're they're exposed right and so for at yeah. least for me those two massive events those outlier events really allowed me to like have a more i guess you'd say truthful view of what the world actually is yeah it's an opportunity yeah like we were talking about there are a lot of people who are so indoctrinated and you know they just have such cognitive dissonance they're not going to wake up. And I, I used to waste time trying to wake everyone up. I don't care now. Uh, you, you know, if you want to wake up, you can come watch our films. And I hope you do. And I love to meet you and exchange ideas. Mm -hmm. If you don't, I don't care anymore. And like you say, this was a great opportunity. To, uh, this, You know, you you couldn't get a bigger wake up call than this because both haymakers hit you right in the nose. <laughs> right in the jaw. So... Um, you know, this was a great opportunity to wake a lot of people up and they both did 9-11 and the COVID scam. They mm -hmm. woke up a lot more people than I ever could have. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there are silver linings everywhere. And I think it's important um, that we keep we do that and stay positive. You know, you don't want to do all these apocalyptic sounding podcasts. <laughs> There's no point scaring the hell out of people, you know. Right. So you, you have to say like, hey just be ready that they are announcing what they want to do to us. So instead of being afraid, just turn off Netflix and go start putting your energy into doing something about it. Right. Grow some food, you know, read a technical manual, play, play some music, play some music. Yeah. Yeah. Just also do something that's useful to people. 
Yes. That makes them feel good. You said your wife is a singer or was a singer, right? Yes. Back on the circuit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I've had this, I've had this discussion with people. They're like, well, what are you talking about? You just distract people in bars singing. And, you know, and I say, yeah, in a way I do, but I also bring 300 people together, getting on tables together, singing and dancing and having a laugh and giving hugs and high fives and dancing together. I said, so in another way, I'm I'm bringing a very spiritual and wonderful experience to a group of strangers. Mm-hmm. We don't have to sit and talk politics. You know, there's there's also a humanistic thing we don't want to lose. Right. Dancing and music and joy, you know, life can't suck. It has to have some fun, too. We don't want it to all be so serious. I don't anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. Because, I mean, that's the whole thing is like to laugh, to be able to laugh. At yeah. Like if, if you lose your sense of humor, you know, they got you. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Totally. Like that's the one thing they can't take away from you. And as George Carlin and I think, um, yeah, several other guys, what's his name? Uh, Mark Twain and Oscar Wilde, all three of them said, you know, if you're going to tell people the truth, make them laugh. Otherwise they'll kill you. <laughs> yes. That's so, that's so, so it's important, you know, when you try to, to teach people what's going on and show them information, you're not scaring the living hell out of them <laughs> Yeah, because they just disassociate and don't want anything to do with it. Just, it scares them, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I used to do that. I used to be one of the, one of them preachers on the top of the roof screaming in the megaphone, you know, that was me. <laughs> I scared the shit out of everyone. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. I used to beat people over the head with the club of truth. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't work. It They need to go seek it themselves. So the way to do it is I saw on your, um, I think you had a Facebook post or something about Buckminster Fuller mm-hmm. and, and Buck Fuller said the same. He said, if you want to destroy a system and make it obsolete, you don't fight it. He said, you put all your energy into building a new system. Mm-hmm. That's so much better that the old one will become obsolete because people will come to the new one by choice. Yeah. You know, I've been describing this a lot. If you're building a new house on your property and there's an old decrepit shed in the back, you have to decide, are we going to not, are we going to build a house today? Are we going to put down those tools and go knock down that shed? Mm-hmm. And that's what fighting all the old people and everyone who's, oh, no, conspiracy theory and germs are real. You know, don't waste your time with that old stuff, mm-hmm. vaccines and chemotherapy and all that come build a new paradigm and the people will look and go, okay, everyone who believes in that paradigm is sick, dying or enslaved. And everyone who's doing what these people are doing are having a good time. They're really healthy and they seem to have all the food and energy they want and no one's spying on them. Where are you going to go? You know, they're going to come our way. But as, as long as we're spending time fighting and arguing with all the old crowd, we're not going to be building our new paradigm. And I think that's why they send all these controlled agents after us. Mm -hmm. They're there to stir up the hornet's nest. So we have to put down our tools and go back to the shed and fight them. Mm -hmm. Metaphorically, that's to me, the whole point of them putting in these agitators and agent provocateurs because they don't want us to build a new system. Right. And yet we are like you're saying, Anyone can go on YouTube and find about 30 over unity energy machine designs, you know, be it flywheels to magnetic motors to you name it. They're out there and they show you how to build them. And there's dudes building dodgy ones on their garage floor. You know? yes. 
all kinds of good stuff. It's there. And, That's you know, the, that, I mean, I have to say that was the most empowering thing for me ever is I, I, I graduated college with a finance degree and here I am engineering all this stuff from videos that I see. And I'm right. like, once you get the principles of a lot of this stuff, it's very simple. It's not, it's not like this, like, you know, Einsteinian math equation that just goes on ad infinitum. It's actually nature is simple. Energy begets matter, not the other way around. And if you really want to know, God provides, like, it's just like, if you ask, you shall, if you're earnest, like if you're being honest and you're really wanting to know something, the information will come to you one way or another. Yeah, exactly. And you can just look at this realm, you know, to all go watch a lightning storm. If you don't think there's electricity and power around anywhere, this realm doesn't have someone putting in new batteries every two weeks and stuff. This thing is a self-perpetuating dynamo that makes so much damn electricity and voltage and there's free nitrogen in the air. If you start doing electroculture gardening, you'll get it in your soil and magnetize it and mm -hmm. your plant sap will be healthy. You know, there is energy all over the place. And we saw they were doing that in the late 1800s. They were sending up balloons in the air mm -hmm. with wires coming down. They were collecting. They were, they knew that the voltage was so massive up in the air. Mm -hmm. So they were doing this in the 1800s. They had balloon farms in Germany collecting voltage and sending it down wires to the ground you're like what where are those now we shouldn't be seeing big windmills and stuff everywhere we should be seeing these balloons everywhere in the air right with wires all around them and then sending voltage down you know it's crazy it's yeah. all up there and then you have the doubling effect of an array <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so yeah. there's you go up magnitudes of energy when you when you actually make an array and it's just right like, oh man so what's your opinion do you think this whole thing we so 1902 they thought it was the big one i've been talking with brashears and he's thinking that the 2040 that's actually going to be the big one and that's what they're kind of bracing themselves for because it didn't happen in 1902 that's very possible. Yeah. And his 138 Phoenix cycle, um, his, yeah, his chronology, putting all these together and all his timelines and different sources looks like, yeah, we got about 17 years till the real, real big one. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, I think they might've thought that was going to happen. Now, some bad stuff did happen in 1902. Like Brashears has been shown. There's so many weird anomalies. They shut down the New York stock exchange for a while. Those two years, um, he had a, he got an old magazine. It's like uh, all the Los Angeles Times or whatever the newspaper was. It was like copies of all the Times from 1860 to whatever. There is no 1902 or three. All of a sudden, it's gone, and it wow. just picks up again at 05. And it's like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all missing. Um, and I live in a mud flood building from the 1800s here in Copenhagen, so, and we we're mud flooded. So yeah, apparently there was all this red rain and mud bloody dirt kind of stuff raining out from the sky and covering a lot of places so there were some bad events that happened but yeah i don't think it was as bad as they thought so there is that possibility like uh i i, I have i have some disagreements with quite a lot of jason's work but i have no disagreement with his phoenix chronology and timeline 
I have I have no bone to pick with any of that. He's dead on the money. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't believe in the overall model, his metaphysics, but I can't I can't dispute the chronology because I'm not a chronologist. Like I don't I have never studied that. So it right. makes sense to me because I I had a picture of my family in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I think it was from 1910 and I always bring this picture up because they were all gorgeous. It was like, there was like little kids There's three generations in the photo. There was probably, if I remember correctly, between 12 to 15 people, my great grandfather, my great, great grandfather on my mother's side. And it was just this beautiful photo of the family. And I just remember square jaws and like, like stern eyes and the whole thing. But what do you see behind everybody? It's 1910. It's all f like flat. Like if somebody was to have like just shaved clay. Yeah. Like what, what's that? Like Pittsburgh was a very, like it, that was an old established city. Yeah. There's no grass or anything. It's just mud and dirt everywhere. Right. Yeah. So to, to me, I'm like, man, there's something that really went on and it's just been wiped from the history books. Yeah. And, and Ross day, and I, mm, go ahead. Back in the day when I heard uh, Senator Raymond or uh, what it was Senator Dodd who did the Reese commission. Yeah. When I heard him say that the foundations, the first thing that they were going to do to switch the education system or to to mold it in their image was that they were going to rewrite history. Right. And when I heard that I didn't have context. I never had heard of a mud flood. I never heard of any of those types of variables. Well, now that would make so much sense why they would go to so much trouble to to essentially wipe any catastrophe off the face of the map. Right. Yeah, because Ross and I, um, we did that Comets Cataclysm Coincidence series back in 2019. And we were looking because everyone was talking about the mud flood. So we had one event we were looking for, and we went and found 80 or 90 antique map dealers and found maps as far back as we could go and just started looking all around the world. Where did all this shit change? And we were scratching our heads because we were like 1620 to 1630. All of a sudden, there's no Great Lakes, and but Chicago's there. It's called Shilaga. It's right where it is. But there's we're like cartographers missed the five biggest lakes in the world. <laughs> and there's Lake Cannabis out west, which is now a heart-shaped indent on Google Earth the exact size and shape of this lake that was heart shaped at the top of the grand Canyon. And, but then we started finding around 1750 or 60 more changes, other islands sinking California's back again. Now it's an Island. Now it's back giant lakes in Africa disappearing, like uh Friesland. So we were scratching our heads because we're like, when it, when is this mud flood? Is it 16, 20, 30, or is it 17, 40 50 60 mm -hmm. then we found jason Brashears later and he had the 138 cycle so i went back to 1902 went back 138 it's like 1760 mm -hmm. 138 more 1620 so i'm like oh mm -hmm. there were two of them we were looking for one mud flood the reason the maps change is because we actually did find two resets so bad it changed 
the the way the earth the entire earth looks you know mm -hmm. creating the biggest lakes in the world and getting rid of giant islands and stuff so then it made sense to me ah there wasn't one these things happen every 138 years somewhere what do you think the, do you do you have an idea of what the mechanism is i know the comets appear in the sky when it happens they're not from space so i I know there's a lot of volcanic activity. I think there's a, there's the theory of the plasma discharge that something happens with the dynamo of the earth. And it's like a, a light, you know, a lightning storm times a trillion mm -hmm. um, and then tidal waves. And then, you know uh, yeah. Continent sinking. I think it's a combination of all kinds of things. I don't know what this Phoenix thing is, this dragon that he's been chronicling, but it has been talked about in history. This thing appears in the air and it can make U-turns and one that's flying that way, then that way. And every time one of these happen, there's like either a great uh, comet or like a great pestilence. Mm -hmm. I don't want to call them plague because that sounds like germ theory stuff. and They're, they're not disease plagues, mm -hmm. but it's probably sulfuric dioxide and other kinds of gases hydrogen cyanide and arsenic coming up from the ground from into the water supplies and air from volcano and uh, earthquakes um methane gas also mm -hmm. so i don't know what the mechanism is he says it's this thing this phoenix thing mm -hmm. i don't know what i do know is it happens <laughs> whatever the mechanism i know all hell breaks loose in this place but I also know it doesn't wipe out all civilization and animals like, you know, people survive and they get on with it and then we, we reset. Right. You know, yeah, and I do yeah. think these elites, like they are building all these underground bunkers and cities and stocking the shit out of them with food and technology and stuff. So you got to say, why, mm -hmm. why are they spending all that money on that? If they're for what mm -hmm. it's not nuclear war. Like I think they are getting ready for something. Yeah. Yeah, and I have I have friends that are in a couple different shamanic lineages. Mm -hmm. In those lineages, they're pretty emphatic that you survive by being near caves. Yeah. Like yeah, you need a cave system. Yeah, and they, and they're all there. Like the ancient, maybe they're tree root systems. Like mm -hmm. you know, you look at Stellium Mike. Uh, I don't think they built those cave systems. I think those might've been giant trees and those are the root systems underneath and they just yes. moved down in those. But yeah, you'd want to be underground or pretty high above ground somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, depending on where you're at though. Again, I don't, it, I don't think this happens all around the entire world in all places all at the same time. I don't think that happens. So I think there'll be some places will be fine. I think it's pot luck, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what <laughs> it's just like, is it my day today or isn't it? You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I do think, yeah, what I think is most ironic, and it's like the Hopi Blue Star prophecy, the, the blue star Kachina and the Red Star. They say before the Red Star comes the purifier, which sounds a lot like the Phoenix to me. The blue star appears and then all the humans start going crazy and losing their mind like clown world like we see now <laughs> everybody's you know mm -hmm. i turn on the news and i can't tell if this news article is real or is this the onion or babylon b making a joke you know I'm like is that them or is this like a real news article i think it's weird that we'd all be having a massive awakening right now 17 years before a total reset just makes it all insignificant anyway 
but maybe that's what happens. You know, maybe we get too big for our britches and then we need to get spanked out. Like we get too unnatural almost, you know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah. And then the weird psychic movement we're having now is the people who are waking up are learning skills to return to nature, which is exactly what you'd need if the whole system got wiped out. Right. You'd need people who could live off the land to reset, right? Which is weird. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's almost like there's a certain group of people having an awakening to be set up to return to this. Yeah, it's the undertow. You know, it's it's this thing. You have the wave where the mass is, like say the top of the bell curve, but you've always had this undertow that was pulling out and going out during that entire time. And that's why I just see how Mother Nature works. She's never in total. She's always giving you a pre-stressor, then the stress, then a post-stressor. There's always signaling that's going on. And so for, right. for those back to the landers, they're just on a on a on a body level. Maybe it's not even a conscious level. It's just that on a body level, it's like, oh, the resilience is, you know, away from mechanized reality. Resilience right. actually deals with with natural philosophy, not mechanized, you know, data points. And so right. I I just think that that it's because the more people that I meet that are like doing that, all of us are experiencing a tremendous amount of synchronicities. And it's yes. like that whole synchro mystic thing. And the people that I talk to that are still like wrapped up in Babylon, whenever I talk to them about synchronicities, that's something that's so few and far between for them. It's not even it's a non it's a non-event. Yeah, they don't understand what I, I was just talking with Mike today, Wilkerson. Yeah, we, I was saying like, isn't it weird how when you just go to this thing, it just every synchronicity you need just falls into your lap. Yes. Like he was telling me, you know, he met the assistant of this doctor he's been trying to get in touch with who studied with the only doctor he ever knew was dead and got yeah, put into this telegram, you know? Yeah, and it's like all of a sudden he, someone's like, come into this telegram group and there she is, you know, like boom. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's, that's interesting you say that about the synchronicities because there's an Eastern philosophy that you don't have free will, that everything, there's nowhere you can be that isn't where you're meant to be. It's easy, like the Beatles saying, right? Mm -hmm. There's a predetermined everything and it's happening how it's going to happen. Now you think, well, I decided to go left right now instead of right. Or, oh, I'm, I was going to go left, but to trick the system, I'm going to use free will and go right. But in the end, you were supposed to go right. Right. And so when you talk about synchronicities, to me, that could be like the Eastern are talking about. It's the program downloading nature saying, look, this is coming. I need you bozos to get back to the land. So, you, you know, you're the caretakers here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make this happen for you so that you you think you're doing this on your own free accord. It's going to feel like that, but maybe you aren't at all. And I think that's an interesting philosophy. <laughs> Yeah. And a scary one for a lot of people. Well, I noticed the people that are scared the most are the control freaks. Yeah. You know, and what I notice about control freaks is they have such little trust that they are provided for. Yeah. It's like it's one in the same. It's almost like whatever the the neurosis is in that lack of trust 
it it totally cuts them off from being in the in the signal reception mode like yeah. i <laughs> i've gotten into into some not i wouldn't say online battles but i have these philosophical discussions with all these people that want to talk western physics to me and the only thing that they know is force and I'm like, no, 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 no. You're missing at least half of the equation. You're missing, yeah. you're missing the negative pole. The feminine pole is all about attraction. It's yeah. the, it's being pulled to to an event horizon. It's not that you're forging and you're pushing your way and you're making it happen. I'm like, that's total BS. You can do that as much as you think you want. But if God doesn't want something to happen, guess what? It does not happen. Try yeah. it, you might. Like me as a five foot nine white guy with that's <laughs> slow and can't jump. No, I could try as much as I want to play pro basketball. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So, so people really have to know the set and the setting. That's why I love studying the natural philosophers, because the very first thing that the natural philosophers bring up is read the room bitches like read the room what's your environment telling you what are you being signaled yeah in the control freaks for whatever it's worth they don't have that capacity they don't know how to read the room it's just yeah and it's hard it's a hard concept especially for westerners to give up because our religious structures are so different from the east so it's really hard to I hope you enjoyed the podcast with Steve Falconer of Space Busters on BitChute and YouTube. I have to say, I'm pretty convinced we've been surrounded by quote unquote free energy machines for quite a while. And the best way to hide things are in plain sight. And it's it's <laughs> it's very obvious that the uh, the looting that's gone on for the majority of people is because we're they're just trying to manage us they're just trying to keep us busy uh that happens to be like one of the worst uh triggers that i have the the busy work thing <laughs> i've always been resistant to that and i find uh the more off-gritty art art arty type of person is not really into busy work you know just doing something just to do it and i hope you got the sense like within this podcast that there's so many jobs and so many things that are 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 unnecessary so what i see is about to occur is there's going to be a shift where necessary jobs are going to be much more in demand and the unnecessary ones are being deleted and the powers that be are obviously making that transition right now so it's a it's a fun time to actually get your hands in the dirt and get productive and there's so many different building techniques that are low technology. There's so many, um, let's just call it energy harvesting things that you can do that will bring resilience into your life. And I'm very happy to be able to bring this to you. Uh, next week, we should probably have coffee talk with my main man, Moshi. 
um, Dr. Moshe Daniel Block. And uh, we're going to get into the mojo cells, which is a way of making orgone um, energy. I'm really going to dive into the difference between diamagnetic and um, now I can't even think of the other one. I'm always thinking of um, paramagnetism. And we're just going to nerd hard on all of that. It's um, why that's important in your soil, how that affects electroculture, how this actually increases your production your yields and the health of your plants and the health of your own body. So it's one of these things. The original moniker for biocharisma was health from the ground up. And uh, I still love that moniker because, you know, I've, <laughs> as you guys know, I've been into biochar for quite a while and it's, uh, it's in the brain now. And, um, biochar has this capacity to really help yields it help when you get higher yields through organic implements uh, makes life a little bit easier and better so that's what i want to bring to you guys i hope you enjoyed the podcast please you know reciprocate in kind if it if it's doing you right um i am in full bore um, mode with making retorts and everything for the festival in missouri on labor day i always forget if it's labor day or memorial day but uh that's going to go on. We're going to sell some biochar. Had some excellent developments with that this week. So I'm, I'm super stoked. And uh, yeah, hope to see a bunch of you out there. Uh, there should be a few more podcasts before the event. But uh, yeah, if we see each other in person, d- don't don't be um, <laughs> don't misread me. I have a ten- I have a tendency to uh, get overwhelmed with you know tons and tons of uh, stimulation. Oh, my baby's crying, so I'm gonna get going. Thank you again for for joining us, and we'll see you next week. You ought to know. You ought to know